This podcast is proudly produced and presented by the Zoomer Podcast Network, home of great podcasts like Marilyn Lightstone Reads, Idea City on the Air, and The Garden Show. You're listening to an exclusive podcast of Fight Back on Zoomer Radio. Heard weekdays from noon to one. You're listening to an exclusive podcast of Fight Back on Zoomer Radio. Heard weekdays from noon to one. Now, Fight Back with Libby Snymer on Zoomer Radio with guest host Jane Brown. Great to be with you here this afternoon. Uh, Libby is hoping to be back tomorrow. She's a little under the weather today. We are still in countdown mode to the next Ontario election. Five weeks from Thursday, we go to vote in the Ontario election. And all of the opinion polls to date suggest that PC leader Doug Ford will be the next premier. New survey came out this morning from Main Street Research giving Ford's PCs 45% support to the Wynn Liberals' 28% support and the Horvath NDP's 21% support. Now, Andrea Horvath kicked off her election campaign yesterday with a splashy event in Hamilton Centre where she is the NDP candidate. But so far, she has yet to cut through with voters. To find out why, we go to our ex Experts, Keto Maggie at Main Street Research and political strategist Aleem Kanji. Gentlemen, welcome. Thanks for having me. Keto, we'll begin with you for more on this latest survey and what it's revealing. Give us the headlines. Yeah, so a couple of weeks ago, uh, you know, we had noted at the time that we did think that we hit the ceiling. Um, we caught the ceiling in that last snapshot with the, the PCs at 50%. Uh, the, the Ontario Liberals at 24%, and the NDP down at uh, 18%. And so we, you know, even at the time we said this is probably the ceiling. We saw uh, about a negative 10 net favorability for Doug Ford at that time, uh, a negative net uh, favorability of minus 50 for Kathleen Wynne. And so we did expect to see a tightening in this latest survey. But but it's pretty significant movement for all three parties. So the PCs down from 50 to 45, 44.9 to be exact. The Liberals up four uh, to 28, and and we're seeing the NDP increase this for the first time in our polling at least over 20 percent, and we're seeing them solidify in some regions in southwestern Ontario in second place, South Central in second place, the North in second place. So when you do this, even though the the, poll, the top line numbers suggest the Liberals are in second place on a seat count, this points to the NDP uh, coming in second on seats because of that complete wipeout scenario that we're looking at in in southwestern Ontario for the Ontario Liberal Party. It's it's still an uphill battle, although these numbers have tightened from 26 point gap to 17. It's still a long road and a, and a big uphill battle for, for the Liberals and Kathleen Wynne. So, Keto, if the election were held today and based on today's poll results that you've just put out, what would the legislature look like in terms of uh, division of seats? Yeah, and this is, yeah, I haven't done that exact calculation, just a rough guesstimate would be 84 seats for the for the PCs, 26 for the NDP, and and the rest for the Liberals. That's just 14. Mm-hmm. Uh, that would be a massive, uh, uh, you know, change in the legislature. But that's what it's pointing to in Toronto. 
the, the vast majority of those seats in Northern Ontario, probably the two Thunder Bays are still safe for the Liberals, and and two in, in the Ottawa region, the rest of Ontario and the 905 and even parts of the 416 are are going to be blue and, and orange. Um, uh, you know, so that's that's the scenario that we're at today. Of course, there's still five weeks and a, a long five weeks ahead. Before we get to Aleem Kanji, I just want to pass along the breaking news that the judge has upheld the conviction and sentence against Toronto Police Constable James Versillo, who was previously convicted of attempted murder in the 2013 streetcar shooting and death of Sammy Yatim. And just to recap uh, the news off the top of the hour, we will have Ross McLean, our terrorism and security expert, commenting on this decision uh, after our conversation here about the Ontario election. So now to Aleem Kanji, and I just want to get your title right, Aleem. You are the VP of Government Relations at Sutherland Corporation. Nice to have you with us here today. And and tell us what you're starting to read into these numbers that Keto's just uh, um, explained for us. Yeah, and great to be with you, Jane, uh, and Keto this afternoon. You know, when you look at the numbers, um, it's it's quite interesting because, you know, we, we saw the uh, PCs lead um, after the events uh, back in in early this year, it almost feels like an eternity ago with uh, the the events uh, surrounding uh, uh, Patrick Brown, um, they still had that commanding lead, notwithstanding um, really being leaderless as as a party. And you know, Jane, the old adage of governments being voted out uh, versus versus uh, being voted in um, seems to be uh, uh, the situation right now. And of course, the Main Street poll that, that Keto has led. Uh, has shown a, a you know a little bit of uh, of a softening for the PCs. It, it can't be a straight line um, uh, commanding a majority. It is a majority, but it can't be it can't be that high forever. So there has been a little bit of a bump down. Credit that to the Liberals, and I think a very um, uh, attempt really to please a lot of people. Be that through uh, healthcare, pharmacare, education promises, and so and so we've seen that and. And of course, the other interesting thing is is around uh, around the NDP and and Ms. Horvath um, really continues to to enjoy very broad popularity as an individual, mm-hmm. uh, as a leader. Not so much for the party, you know. Very splashy um, uh, platform release yesterday that really didn't get too much traction um, with with a lot of uh, a lot of promises. And, and and part of that I think has to do with the fact that that the premier and, and the Liberals are really gravitating to the left and trying to suck up a lot of the oxygen uh, from left, uh, left-leaning left supporters. Now, that said, uh, Keto brought up a very fascinating point around southwest Ontario, um, which, which has traditionally not been a, a conservative stronghold, um, but it is a place, amongst other places in the province, where the PCs are leading. And so you're seeing a shift um, you're seeing uh, Mr. Ford come out with uh, with union support from places like southwestern Ontario, uh, in the Rust Belt, and other places, including uh, including Ottawa, uh, where we are seeing a, a very impressive lead in what has traditionally been a liberal stronghold, uh, now shifting to the PCs again. Governments voted out versus being voted in. Right. Uh, I find it fascinating in terms of the strategies, what Ford and Wynne and Horvath are all doing at this stage of the game. It seems to me, Keto, that 
Andrea Horvath has to make a big move at some point. And strategically, when would that be best for her to do that, to make the biggest impact in terms of, okay, voter, if you're sick of the liberals, here's why you should cast the ballot for me versus Doug Ford. It's just something is not cutting through yet about her message. Yeah, and I'm not sure I agree with uh, with you entirely that she needs to, to to make a big move. Just the fact of being there uh, may be enough, and and uh, the numbers point to the fact that as voters move away from the PCs, we've seen this now the last three or four polls, very pronounced in the last two. Uh, two weeks ago, we saw uh, second choices for PC voters. It was 40% uh, second choice among PC voters as NDP, uh, just 10% uh, liberal. Uh, this uh, week's numbers, it's 30% um, second choice for uh, NDP and just 5% liberal. That means that the more uh, votes move away from PC, as we're seeing, the chance of, of the NDP increasing um is a natural reality because of the way that second choice is, is breaking out. So the liberal strategy of of this ad campaign that was launched last week of pushing voters away from Doug Ford and the Ontario PCs may actually only end up benefiting the NDP because of the way that second choice is breaking out. So maybe she doesn't have to do that much yet. Mm-hmm. That vote is moving to her as long as it's being pushed away from the PCs, it's it's likely to land in her lap. Well, certainly when you translate the numbers in terms of seats, uh, her situation doesn't look as dire with 21% support versus the Liberals at 28% support, because as you say, the seat breakdown would have her solidly coming in in second place at this point, at least five and a half weeks out. I'd like to hear from you if you've changed your mind at all about who you're going to vote for. Uh, have you been impressed with the way that Premier Kathleen Wynne has been handling uh, the Liberal budget reannouncements? I will call them reannouncements because they were fresh at the end of March and she's been trotting out the same news over and over and over again. Are you impressed by that? Do you feel like you might want to give Kathleen Wynne a second chance or the Liberals another chance? Or are you you toying between voting PC or voting NDP, Com- completely different sides of the electoral spectrum, but maybe you're undecided. We'd like to hear from you, or if you're decided 100%, that information is also relevant. 416-360-0740, toll-free, 1-866-740-4740. Aleem, uh, the values and the importance of education and health care that we Ontarians and Canadians, for that matter, hold dear. It seems to me that 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 is becoming the focus, primarily health care anyway, is becoming the focus of this election. Even this morning, you have Doug Ford announcing billions of dollars for mental health. That's right. And, and no surprise, Jane. I mean, when you look at the uh, total um, uh, budget allocation of, of the province, um, you know, the vast majority can be can be put into a couple of uh, buckets, key buckets, and that is, uh, of course, education and uh, and healthcare. 
Um, and yes, uh, the announcements this, this morning uh, from Mr. Ford around uh, uh, housing supports and addictions and, of course, mental health. Um, interestingly, talking about a matching federal investment um, around uh, around uh, uh, mental health. Mm-hmm. And, and, and this is interesting because um, we have yet to see a fully uh, costed out platform. And I'm talking about um, all the gamuts of government, be that infrastructure, economic development, healthcare, education. Um, we're seeing announcements sort of trickle out uh, from the PCs. Um, you, you know, the, the People's Guarantee, the original platform, um, was a bit more of a, a fulsome uh, document. And I would hazard to guess that we are not going to see um, a, a thick document. We're going to see individual policies like the mental health announcement this morning um, that speak to uh, a few sort of strategic and, and key priorities um, that, that they will have to, um, uh, the, the PCs will have to uh, show some light on uh, as compared to, uh, to what um, the incumbent government and, uh, and the NDP is, is, is promising. I find it fascinating the way that Doug Ford is going at this, that he is effectively providing new information every time he steps out in front of the podium to announce the next incremental bit of policy ahead of the big splashy event, um, which is going to come at a later date. But to me, it seems to make more sense because you're going to get more bang for every announcement. Whereas if you do the big policy announcement up front, everything you say after that is old news, in effect. Yeah, and I think I think that's a fair point. And you know, you saw that again uh, yesterday with uh, with uh, the NDP saying that this is going to be the biggest uh, launch uh, ever of any NDP campaign. And yeah, you know, there was some stuff in there around around childcare. They had to respond to that given the Liberals' promises around childcare. Um, but outside of that, um, there really wasn't much uh, in there that that got any traction from the NDP because it was a major. Um, uh, campaign announcement uh, that, that they made yesterday. Mm-hmm. Um, and as far as the Liberals are concerned, um, you know, we've seen the budget, uh, you know, that will be coming forward um, uh, before the writ is dropped. And, and you know, you've seen a, a, a slew of promises that are in there. And so what's been happening since then is is a, a, a steady focus on repeating those promises and making sure that the voters understand uh, the choice that is at hand uh, and for uh, for uh, Ontario, and as they as they come forward uh, to the seventh of June. All right, let's go to the phone. You're listening to Zoomer Radio's Fight Back, Jane for Libby, and our special guests today are Keto Maggie at Re- Main Street Research, and Aleem Kanji, VP Government Relations at Sutherland Corporation. And now to you, the Zoomer Radio listener and voter, 416-360-0740, toll-free, 1-866-740-4740. Jim in Hanover, how are you seeing things play out in the election campaign? campaign so far? Well, I was quite surprised where Andrea says she's going to increase the business tax. Ford is trying to cut taxes, the Americans are cutting the taxes, and she's going to increase them just like Win. And it's funny, this time last year, this year, I've got $300 more in my pocket this year than I had at this time last year. Mm. That's because I paid off my truck. Okay. So now I have extra money. So that's paying the bill off, and now I've got extra money. And that's the trail the Ford is on. Pay down your debt a bit, and you've got more money to spend instead of just increasing taxes. All right, let's go to Aleem on that. What, what do you think about the corporate tax issue? And uh, just 
uh, so we can recap what's happening here. Doug Ford wants to lower it by a percentage point. The Liberals want to keep it the same, and the NDP want to raise it by one. Is that right? That's, that's right. And, um, and you know, looking at it at a macro level as well, um, you know, the NDP has, has basically come out and said, um, a three and change billion, I think it was 3.3 billion uh, shortfall for 2018, falling to just under 2 billion uh, by 2022. So just like the Liberals, uh, the NDP have said um, they are prepared to run multi-year deficits to pay for the infrastructure, the healthcare, the education, um, and to, to try to uh, presumably make a, a, a dent on, on, on the, uh, the fiscal position of the province. Having said that, um, we, we do know that, that the PCs have, have talked about um, eventually bringing the province uh, back into black, uh, into, into the positive, probably not in the first year of office. Um, and, and, you know, that, that raises the question, are they, and I'm sure the Liberals and the NDP will play into this, that, that the, the uh, discount, rather the, the corporate tax cut, um, is that a gift and are we rewarding businesses while the PCs will counter and say that's going to increase the spending if, if, and, and encourage employment if we are to um, a lower corporate income tax rates. So it'll, it'll set up a fascinating uh, debate. On the one hand, deficits um, to pay for stuff, and on the other hand, a bit of a, a tightening of the belt to, uh, to ensure the, the fiscal position is, uh, is improved here in Ontario. And yet Doug Ford is offering a cut uh, in corporate taxes, and he still seems to be offering as much to the regular Ontarian. Uh, as both Andrea Horvath and Kathleen Wynne. So, and he wants to cut the budget by 4%. So there, I think there are a lot of question marks, Keto, around Doug Ford's promises and his ability to pay for them. Yeah, and I'm not sure how much of that is going to resonate down to the average voter. Um, you know, let's remember, first of all, that this is corporate tax rate that we're talking about, not small business tax rate. Uh, you know, it's a populist message from uh, Andrew Horvath uh, taxing the the one percent and the, the 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 top earners, the big corporations. That message actually resonates. We know from our polling over many years and across many provinces and across Canada that running deficits per se is not really a problem for voters as long as governments have a plan to return to balanced budget eventually. Right. Uh, we saw that leading up to the last election in Ontario. Uh, we saw it in the last federal election. I think it's the same now. I'm not, it's, I think primarily this is a change election. Uh, we added that question to this poll for the first time. Almost seven in 10 voters think it's time for a change, including uh, a chunk of Liberal voters think it's time for a change in government. I I think that change, whether it's Doug Ford and the PCs or Andrew Horvath and the NDP, that's what is yet to be determined. But I think largely Ontarians have made up their mind that it's time for a change. And like I said, a lot can change in five weeks. We've seen Kathleen Wynne's favorability actually increase positively by 16% in the last two weeks. She's still a negative 34, but she was a negative 50. So things can get better. Right now, 
I think that's the uphill that the Liberals are facing. If the change election policies and the details of policies and the costing of it is going to have an impact on some portion of the electorate, but the vast majority are going to vote on change or not change. All right, let's go back to the phones and get a quick snapshot of what people are thinking today. Deborah and Halton Hills, go ahead. You're on the air on Zoomer Radio. Thank you very much, Shane. Um, I really like Andrea House. I really would love to vote for her. Uh, my sister remembers Ray Days. She used to work for the government. But uh, we just can't afford that. It, I don't understand people throwing money, things at us left, right, and center without remembering that sooner or later this has to be paid for. I mean, it's a lovely idea. I can't believe uh, Wynn is actually going up in the polls. That scares me. But I do agree. It, it's a change election. Um, I think we would have been better with Christine Elliott as opposed to Doug Ford, because I know some people who used to vote Liberal who were going to vote uh, Conservative for the first time in their life if Christine Elliott had been the person running, Um, because Ford doesn't have a fantastic uh, um, reputation. But we're really down to we need to change things. We just can't afford. I mean, I'm going to be dead in 20 years yeah, we could spend like crazy, and I'm not going to have to pay for it. Sooner or later, it has to be paid for. It has for. to be paid for. I appreciate your call, there's, Deborah. There's no choices. Thank you very much. Thanks for calling in. Let's go to Al in Brantford. Hi, Al. You're next. Yes. Okay, I want to go back to, uh, <clears throat> pardon me, Jim Hudak, back in the last election, when he talked about all the jobs that had left Ontario. The number was, it seemed to be awful inflated, according to the uh, to Liberals and NDP and the media. But the jobs that he was talking about was not only the sitting at the machine manufacturing, it was the accessory jobs, cutting the grass, maintaining the buildings, plowing the snow. That was another fifty to 70,000 jobs that disappeared at that time. And, and, and them jobs that left here that went to Mexico or Asia or somewhere else, it wasn't because of a technology change. It was because of a better profit margin. Okay, Al, thanks. So, uh, Keto or Aleem, would either of you like to speak to that? In terms of what Tim Hudak was talking about with jobs and how Doug Ford is handling a similar situation? Well, look, I think, I think Mr. Ford is, is, is playing the front-runner race, and I want to get to that because um, you're not seeing wild uh, promises come out from, from the PCs that are talking about, uh, for instance, what Mr. Hudak espoused a number of years ago, um, you know, uh, it's 100,000 uh, jobs uh, promise. Um, and 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 I think as well to the uh, comment from Deborah around uh, Ford and, and his background, it, it's it's interesting that people um, may bring that up and say, you know, we 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 may not like him because of his past or his his family relationships or all that kind of stuff. You know, really, if if you're to look at the polls and, and Keto's numbers would show this, and in fact, I, I would hazard to guess, looking at an aggregate of all the polls. Um, that's not really coming through. Um, a, again, this is a change mandate that it seems um, in, in terms of, uh, of of who the leader is, and uh, I don't really think that's coming through. I think I think Mr. Ford has has, has um, um, you know presented himself and com- has kept a, quite composed over the last uh, few weeks, um, and uh, has been baited into saying things and responded things, but we really haven't seen uh, that come out uh, around him. So. You know, a couple of interesting comments, but uh, how much that's playing into um, people's thought process right. 
Uh, I'm not sure that's uh, that's 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 coming forward as far as the numbers and the polling is showing at this point. Okay, Sandra in Toronto, you have the final call before we change topics. Go ahead. Was that me? Yes. Oh, okay. I just want to say that I, first of all, I'm, I'm I guess you could call me a diehard liberal in my federal and provincial politics. However. Lately, I've been leaning to another party. Um, the one that's coming across uh, not as clearly as I'd like is, is the conservative. But the one that I really wanted to see some some sort of concrete, tangible platform one from is uh, Andrea Horvath. I mean, the NDP. I mean, this connects to the federal politi- political level. If they had a chance to run one province and show us something... You know, that, that that might translate into federal uh, uh, politics there. I mean, like, who knows? We could have an NDP prime minister. Interesting perspective, Sandra. Thank you. And thank you to both Keto Maggie and Aleem Kanji. It's been a great conversation and one, I'm sure, which we will have again as the election draws near. Thanks again, Jane. Zoomer Radio here. Fight back with Libby's Nimer, Jane Brown in for Libby today. And coming up next, reaction from our security and terrorism expert, Ross McLean, on today's decision by a judge who has upheld the conviction and sentence against Constable James Fursillo. That's next. You're listening to an exclusive podcast of Fight Back on Zoomer Radio. Heard weekdays from noon to one. You're listening to an exclusive podcast of Fight Back on Zoomer Radio. Heard weekdays from noon to one. You're listening to an exclusive podcast of Fight Back on Zoomer Radio. Heard weekdays from noon to one. This podcast is proudly produced and presented by the Zoomer Podcast Network, home of great podcasts like Marilyn Lightstone Reads, Idea City on the Air, and The Garden Show.